All right, looks like we are live. My microphone is on. I'm not having any technical difficulties that I know of, but you know, there's still time yet because the last time I said that, I realized I had screwed something up pretty darn bad. And it looks, why is my camera still out of focus? Why? Okay, camera. Uh, okay, all right. We're gonna get things going here, but while I'm talking about that, hello, my name is Joe. This is Joe's Disc Golf Podcast. I'm sitting here behind the wooden desk. Yes, sponsored by Log. What rolls downstairs? A loner in pairs rolls over your neighbor's dog. What's great for a snack and it fits on your back? It's Log, Log, Log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. Log by Blamo. Thank you all for watching. It has been a fantastic week. The weather has been gorgeous up until last night into today. Mother Nature has started drinking again, and we are now having snow on April 20th. Or maybe maybe Mother Nature isn't drinking. Maybe Mother Nature is smoking some stuff and celebrating 420 today. Who knows, really? Because we're getting four inches of snow in indiana today i i don't even know i was out disc golfing on sunday in shorts and a t-shirt so thank you mother nature for getting off your meds or getting on some other meds who really knows but hey that's just how it goes that is life we just roll with it we deal with it and just move on and pretend like we understand but when really we have no idea what the hell is going on? Anyways, back to disc golf here. Disc golf podcast. This is Joe hanging out, just having a grand old time on this lovely Tuesday morning. Glad you could all join me. Hopefully, you're all enjoying this podcast. I'm out here, down here in my basement broadcasting. Thank you all. And I just want to say if you're listening on the audio podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review wherever you get your audio podcast from, wherever you're listening to this. It is currently streaming there. That's how you're listening to it. If you're watching on YouTube or Twitch, feel free to follow, subscribe, comment, hit me up in the chat, or, and, not or, and don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. Thank you. Hopefully, the show goes well. As you can see, my, uh, brain here is a little all over the place. I've thanked you all for coming in like a dozen times, which I'm super appreciative of. I really do appreciate all of you coming in here. Now, what are we going to talk about today? Well, it has been another successful round of the Match Madness here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, sponsored by the Fort Wayne Disc Golf Club. Yours truly has made it to the Elite Eight. Pulled one out. It took 20 holes. We went into a two-hole playoff. Started out the round not so great. Started with the push. Then I was down. And then after that, we were either square or I was up for the rest of it. The guy I played tried to give it to me on 18 when he threw out of bounds over the road. And I threw a great first shot. Grip locked the hell out of it into a tree into the water. So we ended up, uh, he ended up winning that hole because I took a five and he took a four, even though he threw OB, 
was great. It was awesome. However, that's what happens. Then we went to hole one. We pushed. Almost killed it with a probably about 35-footer. Just a bit low. And then, unfortunately, he threw it into the water on hole two, so I won that. I, uh, you know, wish him the best of luck. It was a good time. I had a blast. I uh, got super excited, super hyped on hole three. Normally, both of us throw over this pond, but there was a dude fishing where we like to land, roughly. So we threw around the pond. And uh, gentlemen's agreement, we're both honorable dudes. And neither of us wanted to, you know, casually murder someone or assault. Just because, you know, yeah, those discs are coming in pretty hard. And we don't want to hurt anyone. But... That being said, we uh, we had a good time. We threw around it. I had a pretty solid first shot, but drained. Oh, who needs chains? I drained an 80-footer. It was absolutely stunning. I, I don't even know how it happened. I was super excited. It just kind of went in, just went, swirled around the basket, and stayed in. It stuck. Most importantly, it stuck. Didn't even touch the chains. It was beautiful. Glorious. Getting excited here. So excited. Got some tournaments coming up here in June that are playing at that course, I believe. So I'm very excited to go out and play that. It will be super duper exciting. Super fun. But you all didn't come here to listen to me chat about my life and what's going on with me. You came here to listen to some disc golf news. And we've got a packed show here starting out with our first topic the 2021 european open is no longer happening this year that's right unfortunately the european and amateur opens in europe obviously have been canceled uh this is the second consecutive year that the european open has been canceled Last year, about this time, again, it was we had no idea what was really going on. We were still trying to figure out which way was up. That's what happens sometimes. But it, you know, it happens. It, it does. Um, with that being said, it is unfortunate that there are a lot of travel restrictions there in Europe between countries. International travel is kind of limited. Here in the United States, we're pretty lucky because... I mean, you can travel between states. We, you don't have to go international to go see a whole bunch of different things, to go play a whole bunch of disc golf. It's really sad that this event can't happen. This is the fourth professional major canceled due to the pandemic. And the tournament director, Duca Terras, I'm sorry, man. Um, I'm, I'm struggling with that. Uh, after a long and difficult spring with regular meetings, we've reached a heavy decision to cancel both the European Open and European Amateur Open this year. The international travel restrictions and local limitations on gatherings would diminish, especially the European Open, to something else than the grandeur that we want for our 10th time celebratory event. That's right. This will be the 10th anniversary sort of of the european open it will be hopefully happening in 2022 so the third time's the charm for your 10th anniversary that's what i always say but 
hopefully that will all go through. As of right now, the U.S. Women's Disc Golf Championship and and separate worlds will be continuing to go forward as planned. As we have understood this right now, as the PDGA and California have talked, they are currently still going forward with that. No word yet on what phase they'll be in, whether or not they'll be spectators. I'm going to bet, if I had to bet, I would say that there would be no spectators at those two sports. It's sad to see that the European Open couldn't happen, uh, but there's another comment that the tournament director had mentioned, and that was that the lack of Europeans in the U.S. I dropped my pen. The lack of Europeans in the U.S. Um, tournaments is not that big of a deal. The lack of U.S. participants in the European Open is kind of a big deal. That's kind of the big draw to get more people to sign up and to show up and to just make this event, as he said, the, the grand event that it should be. So it's really sad that that's happening. But I mean, with the way things are going, with the way the pandemic is, things are getting a lot better. Shots are going out. We're all doing shots now as a country, as a world. We're doing shots. It's great. Who knows what's happening? I mean, who? I yeah, who knows? Hopefully for 2022, we'll all just forget about this and that we'll get there and disc golf will go as planned, as played, and just like, that's fine. It'll be great. It'll be awesome, hopefully. That's what will be happening there. But moving on from some sad news to a little bit happier news. We've got Dynamic Discs Open is allowed to move forward. Yes, the DDO, Dynamic Discs Open, formerly GBO, blown, blah, blah, Glass Blown Open, is designated a Phase 2 event. Now, what is Phase 2? Well, Phase 2 is Iron Man 3, Thor the Dark World, Captain America Winter Soldier. Wrong Phase 2. Phase 2 has limited spectators, the enforcement of social distancing, and COVID-19 test, COVID testing and tracing program. Phase 1 is not Iron Man 1 and Thor and that. Uh, phase 1 is actually just nobody. It's, it is your... Essential volunteers, social distancing, and, of course, the disc golfers. Phase three is normal. Just go out there and it's disc golf per usual. The PDGA, the Dynamic Disc Open Committee, the County of Leon, Lyon, City of Emporia, and the State of Kansas are working together to follow and establish guidelines to make sure everybody can play and just participate participate as safely as possible every year the glass blown open dynamic disc open this tournament in emporia at this time of year is a huge event it's a giant block party it's a week-long event there are tournaments multiple tournaments happening every single day c tiers and b tiers obviously dynamic disc open the national tour stop there or is it a pro tour stop the major no it's not a major either the pro event that happens there, I am just muddling my words today. It is a rough day, apparently. I need some more of my tea to get going. Delicious. Now, 
they're all working together to hopefully make this a fantastic opportunity for all the players, for everyone who's there, to make sure that they all enjoy what they say, what they do, to have a great time, to be able to watch. There are a bunch of fantastic courses out there. Country Club, uh, Peter Pan, uh, blanking on some of the other ones, Jones East and West. There are some great courses out there. And as I mentioned, there are tournaments all the time there. And on top of that, uh, the town has really embraced disc golf and really just rolls out the red carpet for everyone. So go out there, have some fun. It's a great time. If you're looking for more information and things to do, I highly recommend searching, I believe it is the Road to Dynamic Discs Open on Apple Podcasts, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. These are the guys who do Disc Golf Answer Man. They're all dynamic disc guys. They're all guys who are very involved with getting this tournament set up, and they all live in Emporia and around Emporia. So these guys know what they're talking about. I highly recommend going to listen to that if you're headed out there here in the coming, uh, was it next weekend, not this weekend, the following weekend, if you're listening to this when this comes out. I believe that is the weekend of the 28th-ish, 29th, that week. Let's see, pull up a calendar here. The week of the 26th through May 2nd. So hopefully you guys will enjoy going out there and playing that. The Glass Blown Open has always been a huge event. Now it's the DDO. And I can show off once again my lovely keystone here for the 2020 Glass Blown Open that didn't happen. And the tournament that no longer exists. That is so much fun right there. But we're going to... Move on a little bit here. We're kind of going rapid fire here, but it is kind of how things are going today. Just running through everything that's happened here. So we've got the Jonesboro Open where Katrina Allen and Ricky Wysocki dominated. Starting out with Katrina Allen, she averaged over a thousand rated rounds for the whole tournament. Every single round, over a thousand. That was her average. Fantastic. That's insane. This is her first win at Jonesboro. This is the first time someone not named Paige Pierce has won on the FPO side. And she beat Paige Pierce by eight strokes. Katrina Allen was fourth in circle 1x putting. So anything outside of a tap-in, that is your 11 to 33 feet. And she was number one in circle 2 putting. She was just draining them. Paige Pierce had the hot round on Sunday at seven under par. That was enough to push her past Sarah Hokum, who ended up third. And Paige Pierce just did what she could. She finally looked like she was back to what she was doing. She had that bit of confidence, that bit of swagger, that Paige Pierce-ness. Paige Pierce fierceness. Yep, that sounds about right. The Paige Pierce fierceness. She seemed to just finally get things going. And Katrina Allen was just like, hang on, hold my beer. I got this. And just absolutely dominated from start to finish. Just, she had it set. Um, not to discredit Macy Walker, who shot an incredible round. I think the first round she was seven under par. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head here. She shot an amazing round, seemingly coming out of nowhere. But those of you who've been kind of watching disc golf, paying attention to other tournaments, you could see that she has been working really hard here. She uh, 
This is by far her best national tour event finish. Um, the last one, I believe, was Idlewild, where she finished 17th, and that is a very difficult course. Benefit there is she has worked hard over the uh, offseason here and really just stepped up her game. But Katrina Allen also working very hard in the offseason, working hard to work on that putting, work on her driving. She just did amazing. One of the things that also hurt Paige Pierce is she was one of the worst players in terms of OB rate. She had, she was, I believe, 21st out of 30, and that is really terrible. Really, really terrible, especially for a professional. Uh, unfortunately, Paige Pierce was able to find OB quite often on this. But moving on to the MPO side, we've got Ricky Waisaki. That man has now won three events in the last month. This is his third win at Jonesboro from the word go to the final putt. He was in the lead. It was absolutely crazy. And you want to know an even crazier stat? The man went bogey free for the entire tournament. Not a single bogey on this course. And this is some difficult stuff. I mean, you start out with a 450 foot par three. That is crazy. And I know like these guys have the distance, but still just let that sink in a minute. 450 feet, slightly downhill, OB a bit long, with guys who can drive it easily that long. And I'm going to guess because it plays downhill a bit, that it would um, play a bit shorter, maybe 430. But still, that's that's absolutely insane. But bogey-free, think about that for a second. When was the last time you played a bogey-free round at a course that wasn't a little dink and dump course? Nothing wrong with those. Those are fun. Those are great. But let's be real here. When was the last time you played any kind of decently challenging course and managed to get bogey free? Not to be outdone here, Calvin Heimberg was chasing him down the entire time. Unfortunately, he did not finish bogey free, but did a fantastic job. He managed second place. Calvin Heimberg, top five finisher pretty much all year, it seems like. Eagle McMahon finally getting to. Back on a roll, it seems like. He has been off his game since he won the Las Vegas Challenge. And since then, it just... I, he wasn't even in top five for most of these. He wasn't doing well. It's not that everybody was playing so much better than him. It just seems like he wasn't himself. I don't know what happened. If there's some mental thing there. Maybe a physical issue there. I don't know. But Eagle McMahon, it's nice to see him back trying to get back up there, getting back on the podium and just doing what he can, doing everything that needs to be done to get back there. Because when Eagle McMahon is up there and Kelvin Heinberg and Kevin Jones has been pretty quiet recently too. Like Kevin Jones was rolling last year, the end of last year, but just it couldn't get anything going. And Ricky Wysocki was, it was great to see him coming back off the Lyme disease and last year, he was really ramping up, and it was going. And he just, this year, picked up exactly where he left off. And he's like, I'm back. And you guys better you guys better be ready here, because there's no stopping me once this train gets rolling. The train is on the tracks, and you better get out the way. That's all Ricky says right now. But 
yeah, it was very exciting. A lot of fun to watch. Um, I'd love to get out there, love to play Jonesboro, but I don't think that's I don't think that's going to happen for a very long time here. But you know, it it could. You 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 know, trying to make some trips out here. Definitely not going to make it out there for uh, any of the big tournaments like that because well, I don't want to embarrass myself. But I would love to try to get out there. I mean, going out and playing some am sides of some of these major tournaments those are always fun like going out one of my bucket lists is to get out to the dynamic discs open hopefully that will happen but i think that is enough i've mentioned her before but here we have macy walker she like i just want to get an idea of of who she was you know we kind of followed her kind of had an inkling of of who she is she is um, from Whitesburg, Tennessee. She is sponsored by Dynamic Discs. She turned pro in 2019. Her PDGA stats have her playing and starting disc golf in 2018 when she got her first, her absolute first uh, ratings update. I, I can't tell when this was. She had her first ratings. Her first tournament was in the Open Division, FPO. Uh, she finished third at the Knoxville Ice Bowl. That was January 2018, and then she dropped back down to intermediate to the MDGA Winter Throwdown presented by Innova Champion Discs. So she has been playing for several years here, bouncing between that, doing really well. Uh, she managed to uh, absolutely crush it in uh, her region, just destroying the competition in B and C tiers in her area. He, this is her third Elite Series event, and this was by far her best finish at fourth place. She's currently rated a career best 938. Super impressive. Good job, Macy. She finished 17th at Idlewild last year, as I had mentioned, and she had never played on a filmed lead card, and I'd say she did pretty well. She was able to ignore the cameras, ignore the hype. I mean, if I was someone who was a pretty good disc golfer, and suddenly I shot a hot round, and now I'm up there playing with Ricky Wysocki, Paul Macbeth, and Kevin Jones. I'm probably pooping my pants a little bit. And Macy looked cool, calm, and collected, playing with Paige Pierce and Katrina Allen, and just, she just, she looked like herself. She, I, I mean, unfortunately, there isn't a, lot, whole, a whole lot of video, but the way she played, it seemed like there wasn't anything. And in her interview leading up to that, it was pretty awesome because she was just like, yeah, I'm just super excited. She's super happy to be there. Just thrilled that she was actually able to uh, be part of just being out there and just being part of this and getting on to the lead card. She said she does well under pressure. And I completely agree with that. She finished fourth. Never having been on that, you see it a lot of times here um, on the men's side recently. Um, Gavin Rathbun, great diff disc golfer, but it seemed like once he got onto the lead card, the cameras were around. He was with some of the people he probably idolized, some of the guys that he had watched growing up, and suddenly he's like, you know, he's thinking about other things. He's getting a little rattled, and it just happens. It does. We're all human, but Macy Walker able to drown out all the extra noise and just focus on disc golf and played a hell of a tournament. 
She is definitely an up-and-coming talent and will be a real contender as this goes on. Uh, looking ahead, I looked at her upcoming tournaments here, and she's playing the uh, Dynamic Discs Open, but it doesn't look like she's playing too many of the other big tournaments other than Idlewild and um, Music City Open. But that's not until the end of the season in August and September. Otherwise, she's playing a lot of, um, again, B and C tiers in her region. I think after this year, after this showing, I think Dynamic Discs is going to definitely upgrade her contract, move her on to a touring spot, especially if she continues to roll like this. I mean, they'd be crazy not to lock her into a good contract long term and just say like here you go this is this is we believe in you we have faith in you we think that you're going to do well i think it's i think she's great i think she's going to be a lot of fun to watch here in the next couple years and even the rest of this year hopefully we get to see more of macy walker but moving on we're going to talk about our final topic here time has been flying by and we're going to just get going. Like, why Why wait? Why hang out here and just kill time? So, last thing I would like to talk about is why and how discs get approved by the PDGA. So, you might be wondering why so many manufacturers go through the process of the PDGA approval regulations and all that. First, number one, if it is not PDGA approved, it cannot be used in a tournament, period. End of statement. That's because of a number of reasons that we're going to go through here that are all based around safety and standards. Um, but just baseline right there. It doesn't matter if you are a top level pro or playing in a local C tier flex start. If it is not PDGA approved, you cannot use that disc in a tournament. Second. It is a great marketing move because, again, if you're sponsoring Ricky Waisaki and the pig is not a PDGA approved disc, no matter how much he likes that disc, he can't use it. That's just dumb. You know, you want to get that disc approved and people want to go out and buy it and just throw it and go. All right, here you go. Look at all the money Paul Macbeth has made by throwing his name on a whole bunch of uh, discraft uh, discs. And how that's really worked out well for him. Imagine if some of those discs weren't PDGA approved. Do you think they'd sell that well? Probably not. Because people, yes, they like to collect some of them and they have cool stamps. However, it, you know, you can't, if you can't use it, who cares? Um, <laughs> and the last thing is, um, this is just kind of a side note here. Uh, PDGA. PDGA approval does not have any bearing on quality. It just means that the disc meets the standards. It can be the cheapest, most garbage plastic ever created, but as long as it has certain aspects that we'll go into later, it's approved. Now, you might throw it once and it'll fall apart, but technically, that disc would be approved. So why does the PDGA approve them? Now, biggest reason, safety. Uh, rim depth has to be at least one twentieth of the diameter, and this is all done for uh, definite safety reasons. Now, it, you could go through and try to throw something like a CD, where if it weighed 
the minimum weight under the maximum weight. So if it weighed, you know, let's just say, let's just say it weighs 175 grams and you try to throw that CD, you have no idea where it's going. You might release it on a nice flat release straight ahead of you, but it is going to corkscrew and turn and go who knows where, which when you're trying to control a shot, that's not a good thing. That is, I mean, just from a, just from the perspective of knowing where your disc is going to go, that's a terrible life choice. That's, that's not going to be very good. And now factor in the fact that you're at a park and you have no idea where that this disc is going. You don't want to accidentally hit someone and hurt someone. Another thing that they really emphasize here is the edges cannot be too sharp. Again, this is a, a safety thing as well as a controllable thing. So if that edge is too sharp, it can really do some damage. I mean, have you ever been hit in the shin or anything with a disc and even a mid-range or a putter? It does not feel good. It feels pretty terrible. Now imagine that is a high-speed driver. Now imagine that is a high-speed driver with an illegal edge that's fairly sharp. You're going to do some serious damage to someone. So that's just kind of how that goes. This also explains the other standards like the maximum weight the maximum rim width, sharpness, as I mentioned, and flexibility. So if it has a certain flexibility to it, then you don't have to worry as much about it doing damage and how if it's too rigid, it might get stuck in that tree that you hit or it might just shatter. Just think of on a cold day, if you go out and play, you're a little worried if that hits the disc. So if it's a little more flexible, it will absorb that and transfer that energy and you'll be fine and the disc will be fine. Again, with maximum weight, anything that's too heavy, one safety issue is from your arm. Throwing something too heavy in that motion can do some serious damage to your shoulder, to your elbow, to your wrist and hand, as well as doing some serious damage to anyone that it could hit. So maximum weight is a good thing there. Uh, rim width, again, if it's too wide, then again, you're pretty much just then throwing a CD or something, and it's just not that good. One of the other standards that might sound a little weird, but is definitely a good idea, is the discs should look like discs. Now that sounds dumb, doesn't it? They have to have a clear top and bottom, and it has to be a saucer configuration. Now that sounds weird, right? But with every strange rule, there is a reason behind it. Just like, you know, you shouldn't put your lawnmower on the roof, there's a reason why that warning is on your lawnmower. There are a lot of dumb people out there. And in this case, in disc golf, the companies aren't dumb. They're just trying to be innovative, trying to be creative, trying to work within the parameter set. And if there are no rules set about it, then who cares? This is where you'd want to check out the wheel by Quest Advanced Technologies. There is absolutely no clear top and bottom. This is designed as a roller. This is a point and shoot where you want to just take that disc and it'll roll. The uh, flight plate is perfectly centered between the two edges of the rim. So the rim, like you flip it up and down and you have no idea which way's top, which way's bottom. And this is why that disc was, um, uh, or that's not exactly why it wasn't approved. It did not get approved originally because it did not meet the minimum depth requirements on either side. So this predates the top and bottom rule, but now you know why there's a top and bottom rule for this. Now, there's nothing against rollers, but this disc was designed 
it looked like a wheel. If you look at it, it looks just like a wheel. You throw it and that thing is going to go a mile and it looks like it's going to be very, very predictable. So the question then, do these rules really stifle any innovation here? In my opinion, yes and no. Um, some of the best innovations have come from setting parameters. Now, one example that comes to mind was, I forget how many words that he he was challenged to use, but when Dr. Seuss wrote Green Eggs and Ham, it was something like you can only use like 40 different words. And that's how we got Green Eggs and Ham, which was a great, great kids book. So innovation like that is something great. Like um, if it was a little more controllable, the Mislin and Rakuten by uh, Latitude 64, they had that dimpled pattern on the top, which was perfectly legal, but it just was not as controllable as you'd hope it would have been. But those are some of the different things there. Some of the steps to get the discs approved. So you have to produce examples of the disc. You have to follow the disc standards, obviously. These can all be found on the PDGA website. You have to send at least three examples to Jeff Holmberg. He is the chair of the PDGA Technical Standards and Working Group. You have to pay a $300 fee. This is a testing fee. If you are a brand new company and you submit a disc within the first year of your company's founding, you get a 50% discount, but that is only for your first disc. You will look at 10 factors. So the outer edge diameter, how wide is the disc total? That has to be within a certain spe uh, spec. How tall is it from the bottom of the flight plate to the top of the dome? How tall is it? Uh, what is the rim depth? So that inside where you grab, what is the rim thickness? Now, is this a putter width? Is it a small putter width? Or is this one of your uh, 13, 14 speed distance drivers? The rim configuration. Is this, you know, the mid range? Does it have a beveled edge? Does it have that curved edge? Does it have a bead? Does it not have a bead? The leading edge radius, which is how sharp this is. Again, it has to be within a certain spec. A this is all found on the uh, PDGA website. The flexibility, the flight plate thickness, and the disc mass. It has to be less than 200 grams. And if you've ever thrown a disc that is 200 grams, it is, it is interesting. You wouldn't think that would be too big of a, a deal, but when I first learned to play Ultimate Frisbee, we had 200 gram discs that we played with. And let me tell you, the wind did not do anything to those. It was so much fun to play with those. And then when I bumped down to 175 grams, I was like, what is this thing? I'm throwing a piece of paper. What is the wind doing with it? But I digress. If the disc is approved, then the PDGA will let the manufacturer know and they will announce it on the PDGA website. If it is denied, the manufacturer is told why and they can resubmit after changes are made. You have to pay the fee again. You have to do everything. So if something was out of spec, you have to fix that whatever that is. So after the after it is approved, uh, it is up to the manufacturer to keep the disc in spec. Now you have to get the different plastic variations. Uh, those all have to be checked out and passed, mostly for flexibility stuff. So this means like if you have a boss and you have it had to get approved for star, DX, and champion plastic, or if you have a justice, it has to get approved in Lucid, Prime, and Biofusion. All of those. It has to get approved every single time. 
There's no way around it. And discs don't have to say that they're PDGA approved. They don't have to put that on there. Again, it would be stupid if they didn't, but that's just something that they don't have to do. If the disc is out of spec and it says PDGA approved, it doesn't matter. If it is out of spec, it is not allowed. It is an illegal disc for any sanctioned play. You can still go out and have fun. You can play in a whole round with an Aerobi disc. Those things will fly for a mile, but you can't use it in an official sanctioned tournament. Go check out Simon Lazat's videos when he's throwing the Aerobi, the little, the one that looks like just a little ring, and he just throws that thing like it's, it's just insane. And as of 2012 on, all discs have to have some indication of the model. And this includes uh, the stamp that's on top. It can be part of the mold. So I know Dynamic Discs does this. And Latitude 64 and Westside, on the underside of the disc, it'll have the logo, like Dynamic Discs. And somewhere on the disc, it'll have a stamped weight and a stamped um, whatever the mold is. The justice, the sheriff, the whatever. Or it could also be written in indelible ink, so permanent marker. So you just have to be a little bit careful when you decide to uh, put a die on there and do anything like that. Technically, if it doesn't say what the disc is, anywhere on there, it can it be considered illegal. So it can be just as simple as you take the stamp off, that's just fine. And if they're a company that doesn't put um, some kind of marking on the underside, just Grab a permanent marker and write champion boss or something. I don't know. Whatever your disc is that you're dying. Because technically that's illegal. Now you're playing a C tier and probably a B tier. And I doubt that that is going to be a big issue. Most people are going to go, hey, that's a really cool stamp there. That's a really cool die job that you did. But other than that, there's no real issues with that. And that just about wraps that up for today. Thank you all for watching. I hope you enjoyed this, saying thank you again and again and again and again because you guys are awesome. Without you guys, I wouldn't be able to do this every single day. I really appreciate you. So again, don't forget to like and subscribe and uh, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching this as a replay on YouTube, again, like, subscribe. Thank you all. If you have any questions, anything you want to send to me, you can go to anchor.fm slash Joe's Disc Golf and uh, use their uh, web service to leave me a voice message. You can also send me messages on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you all for watching. I really appreciate all of you guys. I've been Joe. You've been awesome. If you get a bad tree kick, don't forget to reflect and see what Treesus is trying to teach you. If you get a positive, a good tree kick, thank Treesus every time you're out there. Try to keep your courses clean. Have a great time. Let's go sling some discs, and everybody have a great day.